everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by uh, Dakota Lasky and Duminal Crossing for this action-packed episode this week. Dak, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, had my second day of hockey this week, which is nice to be back on the ice. It's getting a little easier. Um, going down to Philly this weekend to cast some Counter-Strike, which should be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty good week so far, and uh, looking forward to getting into some more Metroid. So, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, Doom, I feel like it's been a minute since uh, we had the pleasure of having you on the show. How have, uh, how have you been? I mean, we've been talking, but you haven't been on the actual show in a long time. Uh, what's been going on, man? Yeah, life, uh, life's been pretty uh, interesting lately. Uh, so, over Halloween, um, on Halloween, me and my uh, Super Smash Brothers club on campus here at... Uh, Cal State Monterey Bay, we hosted our very first fundraiser drive for uh, the National Breast Cancer Foundation. We've been planning nice. it for about a year now, finally got it off the ground. We were only expecting to make like maybe $100, $150 maybe if we're lucky, and we ended up raising over $1,000, so it was pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. Very proud of my team and all the officers who helped me put this together. Uh, it was absolutely successful beyond our wildest imagination. Uh, beyond that... Uh, yesterday, I uh, finally released my rip of the Metroid Dread soundtrack, which we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get into our thoughts of the soundtrack later, obviously. But you know, um, yeah, so that's out now. Has some custom album artwork as well for it. So yeah, go check that out if you want to listen to some high quality Metroid tunes. There you go. Roll tight on that uh, Smash Bros. event. Thousand bucks. That's pretty. It's pretty awesome, man. Um, well, yeah, we uh, we are here today. To I don't want to say put uh, an end to our Metro Dread talk because it's it's not the you know we're gonna be talking about Metro Dread for a long 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 time but this is the last one uh, that really gets really really granular on Metro Dread for at least the next couple weeks here as we kind of gear towards the end of the the year and gear towards 2022 so we are back and the three of us. The three of us have combined our heads together to definitively rank Metroid Dread. And actually, I was kind of thinking that it might be fun to do, like, another definitive ranking of Metroid Dread in, like, a year or, like, 18 months to see if any of our, you know, opinions have changed over time, anything like that. But I feel like, you know, it's been it's been almost, uh, it's, it's been over a month at this point. So I think we have a pretty good idea of, you know, where... Where our our thoughts and opinions lie on Metroid Dread. So let's just uh, I mean let's get right to it. We have three very opinionated dudes here, and there is a lot of ground to cover. So yeah, man, let's get into it. So the gist of definitive ranking for anybody that doesn't know, and if you haven't, we've definitively ranked Metroid Fusion, Metroid Prime Two, and Metroid Two: uh, Return of Samus before. Is that we take the let's say the ten most uh, important categories of a Metroid game, and we rank them out of five, one being the absolute worst, five being the absolute best, and uh, we're going to take all of those scores, and we're going to make one kind of master score at the end, and I have to be honest, guys, I actually, I didn't, I haven't even thought about my scores yet, like, I, I kind of have an idea of of what I'm going to give, but I didn't want to think about it too hard, so that it could kind of come off the top of my head a little bit more, so I'm excited to... Uh, to get this going and, and see where you guys end up as well. Cause I'm sure that there are going to be some areas that we end up disagreeing about. 
Absolutely. Well, almost I'm, certainly. From what we've talked about on the Discord, there's definitely going to be, or even just some of the previous episodes of the podcast you guys have talked about, there's definitely going to be some areas of disagreement. But I also think there's going to be more areas we agree on than disagree on, too. Because I think, you know, regardless of some of our areas in the game, I think it's fair to say that all three of us, spoiler alert, really enjoyed the game overall. Yes. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, by the way, by the way, there's going to be spoilers on this episode. I'm sure they're going to come in at some in. point. There are spoilers. <laughs> Play the game or, uh, yeah, spoilers. You know what? Actually, you know what? I want to I want to give my two cents about that because there was some controversy with uh, certain websites this weekend posting spoilers. <laughs> I think that for me, I'm going to keep giving the spoiler warning until after Christmas. Because, you know what? Maybe some people are... are you know, we were obviously all in a good position to go and get it launch day. Not everybody is in that situation, but maybe they're, you know, they can get the game at Christmas, whatever. I think after Christmas, that's fair game. But for now, yeah, there's going to be spoilers. I can't imagine anybody listening to this hasn't beat Metroid Dread, but if you haven't, there is your warning. So, that being said, gentlemen... Uh, let's, let's get started. Actually, maybe before we get started, I'll run through our 10 categories here, just so that all of our listeners can be kind of up to date and uh, aware of what is going to be going on here. But here we go. Category number one, the world and atmosphere of the game. Category number two, the art style. Number three, story. Four, which is really important, I think, pacing and progression. Five, gameplay and combat. Six, items and abilities. Uh, seven, the areas of the game. Eight, enemies and bosses. Nine expansions, collectibles, and extras, and ten the music and sound design. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's start off with the world and the atmosphere. Uh, I I don't want to go first actually. I I feel like I usually take the lead, but I want to hear from you, Dak. I want okay. to hear you uh, rank this world and atmosphere. All right, world and atmosphere. Um, you know what? This is a game overall that I think like really nails just like the feel of a Metroid game. Like you feel like you're on an alien planet. Uh, you're going through like classic kind of Metroid environments. I think there's a lot of, I mean, it, uh, names nonwithstanding. I think all the areas in the game are, are pretty well designed. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, I don't, I, I would give it a five. I feel like the, you Damn. know, the, the things I have about the world and the atmosphere are very nitpicky, you know? So I really can't think of anything that I like really truly dislike. I think I mean I think other than the names, you know, like that's really all I can think of. So um, yeah, maybe a, a five. I don't know, I'm feeling five-ish. That's what came out, so I'm I'm going with that. Okay, okay, I I can be down with that. Doom, what do you think? Yeah, my mind's going to be somewhere in between a four or a five as well. I really enjoyed the atmosphere of this game and uh, just the overall design of the world, the feeling that it gave you. I know, I know, we kind of groan when we say it but you know it really did instill that sense of dread like throughout from start <laughs> to finish like and so i really thought it was very successful in that area and also another thing i'm not sure if this plays more into the art direction but one thing i really enjoyed about each environment specifically is how it wasn't tied to one specific thing like each environment obviously had like their main theme but there are also like all these sub areas that deviated from it like in artaria you know, it's mainly like this kind of icy cavernous world, but then you also have the central thermal control. Uh, you have those frozen areas, you know, you have uh, some water areas as well in there. Um, in uh, Daron, you know, it's mainly this kind of factory slash biological laboratory. Uh, but then, you know, again, you also have the freezing areas. You also have these um, these coral reef sections, which kind of transfer into Berenia. And it kind of reminded me of uh, Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze in that sense. 
Because when you would go level to level, the end of the level would like transition into the theme of the next level. And it kind of reminded me of a lot of that in, in a sense. Wow. So, okay. So hold on. Are you giving it a four or are you giving it a five? Got to put it on Screw it. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a five. We'll give it a five. Yeah. We'll go big. Team five. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Dak, I asked you to start because I, I was like, I think I want to give this a five, but I, I don't want to be, oh, I don't want to be giving that out say. right yeah. away. I, I want to know. I didn't want to be made fun of right away, but I, yeah, I'm giving it a five. Like to me, so to me, there, there is a distinction between the world and atmosphere and the areas of a Metroid game. Um, and, and the overall package in this game, I think just, just really nails it. The sense of like, I don't want to say dread, but the sense of like helplessness and also like the heart pounding atmosphere when you're running away from, from an Emmy, or even when you're in that Emmy room, how that kind of seeps into the rest of the game. The, the, just like the ambiance and the, it, it feels very much in the same way. So I've been replaying Super Metroid and Zebus in that game just feels like it's, it's a character. And I think that ZDR as well just feels like it is this character and that there is always these these moments and that there's just like something hanging over you throughout the entire game. I, I'm trying not to say a sense of dread because that is cheesy, but I think that it is done really, really smartly. I think that the world is put together in a really awesome way. I love how you're able to kind of use the the transporters and they transport you, but then to a, a relevant area for something that you need. Um, so I think that the the world is structured in a really great way while still, like we were talking about in our, our Terry episode, it still offers like kind of the best of both worlds with like Super Metroid's open-ended, go-wherever-you-want kind of presentation. But there are some elements of Metroid Fusion in there, which is like very objective-based, like you have to stop what you're doing and do this right now. I think that this walks a really great line and, and strikes that chord in a really perfect way actually for me so uh, yeah this one was a five for me the the setting the planet of zdr just felt so spectacular to me it just and maybe this is um you know blinded by the fact that you know the three of us are still hyped up that metro dread exists at all but yeah the the world that they created the setting of this game is just fantastic and and really uh, i think is one of the best in metroid and before we move on to, I, I want to say one of the, my favorite things about the world is that the Chozo just aren't there. They're very much integrated into the actual world itself. Like you have like many different new sites involving Chozo statues. Some of like the most iconic shots in the game involve like those kind of Chozo statues. You have like the experimentation rooms they have. And obviously towards the end of the game, you end up in actual like chose like a chozo city or whatever right like that kind of stuff i thought was really cool and it wasn't just oh you're on a planet and the chozo are here and they're kind of mixed in like as the game kind of goes on it ramps up the amount of like involvement they are in the actual world itself which i really enjoyed well i wanted to go off a bit because because i i don't think that um well i don't think that um uh, that we enjoy the environment just because we're hyped for the game because i think as, as we get along there are going to be genuine criticisms that um that we all have in various aspects. I I can I mean, I Dak. I already know your criticisms. I'm pretty sure y'all know some of my criticisms by now. But yeah, so I definitely think that our praise of the environment is is genuine. I think yeah. Okay, well I'm also gonna praise the art style uh, and and graphical prowess of this game as well. This is a five. 
for me. I think that the art style is awesome. The dread suit is instantly, from the moment I saw it, one of the fav my favorite designs for Samus, like ever. That white looks so good with the blue shoulder pads, looks so good. I think the gravity suit looks awesome. I think the various suit looks awesome. I think the game, just in general, looks awesome. There's so many breathtaking rooms. Uh, you look at the design of, like, uh, I mean, Ravenbeak, he looks awesome. I, I feel like I'm going to keep on saying awesome over and over again, but, like, it just, it looks so, it looks awesome. spectacular. Like, you, you have old returning favorites like Kraid, who, who also just looks very detailed, very grotesque, very <laughs> repulsive, which I think is exactly what you want for a guy like him. Um, the game made the X look exactly like how I pictured they might look in, in like an HD remake. So I, I think that the, and, and there's a ton of little things too. We were actually talking last week about the hint butterflies and like the little bioluminescent, uh, you know, Butterflies that float around everywhere, those really add to the ambiance. You get those sweeping, spectacular shots like at the top of Arteria with the lava in the background or in the, um, just even in some of the rooms of Dairon where you have like the giant, what we thought might be Dragon in those containers. The game has incredible attention to detail in its backgrounds. It would have been easy to have just kind of like generic looking rooms, but I really feel like for the most part, the the graphical presentation and the, the overall aesthetic of the game really does look spectacular. I could probably list off a bunch of other different places in this game. I mean, the first time you get to Berenia and you see the waves crashing is spectacular. Yep. Um, pretty much every background in uh, Ferenia is awesome with like the Chozo City and stuff like that. So, I mean, you you go down the list and it's just like, okay, the characters look awesome, check. The, the backgrounds look awesome, check. The environments look awesome, check. I mean, this is check, check, check for me. Easy five. Yeah, um... I mean, my only gripe would honestly be with the fact that the game doesn't perform entirely stably, but that's the Switch's fault and not the game's fault. Um, art style, I mean, this is why I love that 2D Metroid is, is in 3D now, because there's just, like, a level of detail and fidelity you can get with, you know, 3D, like, animation that you just can't get with 2D art or pixels or whatever. Like, I, I understand that people really have, you know, a desire that or like want for that kind of 2D Metroid. And I've even seen some people say they would have preferred Dread being in like a pixel 2D kind of format. And I just absolutely cannot Ugh. cannot agree whatsoever. I mean, Dread just looks so good. The amount, the cinematic feel, the like you said, sweeping shots, the, the detail you get from the characters, the environment, the effects are all stuff you absolutely couldn't do in the old style. So, like I said, the only thing that w I could ever knock this for, and it isn't even really art style, but it just comes into, like, graphics, is the fact that the game does not perform at a stable 60 frames or whatever, which is annoying. Uh, but that's the hardware's fault, not the game's fault. Otherwise, yeah, I would also give this a 5. Yeah, pretty much right. what Dak just said, especially, you know, regarding the uh, performance. Because, like, there's, there's, like, some small things that'll take you out, out of the game, but nothing that, like detraction yep. the experience and again it's more a switch hardware fault not like an issue with mercury steam or their team because it's clear like what they've done with this game like it's incredibly talented uh, by the way i'm also going like straight five for this as well like the easiest decision in the world one thing that we haven't talked about that i feel like really contributes to this is the animation in this game is freaking mm -hmm. incredible oh my god samus has never looked so good and i feel like and it also helps with the gameplay, which I won't, we'll talk about the gameplay later, because I feel like the animation, like, it makes that better as well, but, like, Samus's movements are so slick, they feel so natural, and not just her, but also yep. the Emmy as well, like, it, like, the movements are, they feel so organic, 
yet mechanical at the same time. Like the way it crawls up walls and the way it and the way it morphs its body around ledges and stuff like that. And the personality that the wildlife is given to the area, as well as Samus itself. Like, and I feel like all of that just coalesces together, and that's what makes this game feel so special to me. Hundred percent. Yeah, great, great observation too. And and you can it, like the the animations that you're just talking about. I also feel like that plays a little bit into the atmosphere as well of the world and like how just slick and, and personable that world feels, but. Yeah, the the just the animations and the the direction of them it really, you know, that is that's quintessential art style. And it's, I mean, if there was ever an easy five, I think that this one was it. There's going to be some more easy fives actually for me. There's but... actually there's actually another example I want to give with uh, one of the enemies and one of their variants specifically. So I don't know if you know what the Clyda is. It's like one of the first enemies you encounter. It has like the orange spikes on its back. You you, you all know yeah. the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So when you so if you shoot that at first the, that first variant it'll like scurry away and run away from you, but then you'll see another variant in uh, Daron with like this kind of shot collar leash on you, and the second it sees you, it'll immediately charge at you, and you have to counter it, and it'll do a ton of damage. And I kind of like that evolution of storytelling, of where it's like, hey, this is the wildlife version that hasn't been like experimented on by the Chozo and whatnot, and then you have this other version. That just immediately it's been trained to kill, and I just thought that was like a really nice detail. Doesn't it, it doesn't explain it to you in bold face? It's just kind of like a conclusion that you can naturally come to. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Um, all right, so right now, for three people, out of a possible uh, <laughs> out of a possible thirty points, Metroid Dread is sitting at thirty points. And I'm afraid that that streak is going to come to an end because our next category is the story of the game. And I'm going last think... on this one, by the way. I want to hear y'all opinions on this first. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I think that obviously your mileage for this story depends on how invested you were in Metroid Fusion's Galactic Federation subplot. I, I think that that's a fair statement to make. And just to be clear... I, I have no problem with people being disappointed with this story because it drops that subpoint. I think that's a completely fair criticism um, and, and completely valid. My I, I wasn't like diehard into that story, so it's not as much of a disappointment for me, but I'm going to knock it points for uh, continuity issues. So I, I'm going to give it a four because I do like... I mean, overall, I really like the whole package of the story with, like, the Emmys going missing, the X being discovered, Ravenbeak kind of emerging as this character that has been, uh, you know, doing some damage kind of behind the scenes in Samus Returns and now showing up in Metroid Dread. Um, but there certainly are continuity issues. Like, we talked about Kraid being in Metroid Dread. Uh, is that an issue for some people, for most people? Probably not, I would say, but that is a continuity issue. And, of course, uh, you know, the, the big issue with the with the Galactic Federation. I still think that that is probably a thread that is going to be picked back up, maybe as soon as Metroid 6, but um, I, I don't think that you can ignore that. But for what this game, the story that this game does tell with the Metroid vaccine, with Samus like basically turning into a Metroid over the course of this game, uh, with Ravenbeak and his experimentation on both Samus, the Emmys, the world... I really like the story for this. I think it's told really well. Uh, it popped me that you finally got to see a living Chozo. So there, there is like a ton of stuff to like here. 
So I'm going to give it a four. So Doom, what do you say? All right, so I'm going to give the story a three. But before I go, I just want to I just want to say one thing. So I've beaten this game three times by now. Probably going to do my fourth time real soon. And each time I beat the game, I care less about the story. So, like, it, my overall... Like, the overall impact the story has on my overall grade, like, goes down each time I beat the game. Because I'm just enjoying the game for what it is. That being said, story in a bubble, I, I'm going to give it a three. And, um, you know, aside aside from the Federation conspiracy stuff and like that, because I've made my opinions on that clear already. Um, obviously, I'm disappointed that that wasn't addressed. I mean, I've been waiting 20 years for that. It was the big story thread that was... Thank you. That was, you know, hung out. Like, it would be like it would be like if Metroid Prime 4 didn't address Silex at all. Like, you know, after yep. teasing him at the end of Prime 3 and Federation Force. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'd be a little disappointed. No, I, I actually don't think that's an apt comparison. I think that no, the tease for, for right. Fusion... No, no, no. The he's tease for Fusion right. with the Galactic Federation was much stronger than it was for Silex. It was Metroid much Prime stronger, 4. but they're still both significant enough where either of them well, not they, being They are, impressed. but it was, it, was much, it was much more prevalent yeah, so in Metroid I, Fusion. I would, Definitely agree, but I think I agree with the point that, yeah, if Silex was not brought up in Prime 4, much like if the Federation and they weren't brought up in Dread, I 100% agree. If Prime 4 has nothing to do with Silex, I would be disappointed because it is essentially leading to that. It should, but continue. But anyways, that, that's all stuff. I feel like we've discussed a lot of that on the Discord already, so I don't want to get too much into that. I want to go into what the story we actually did get offered was and just reviewing that on its own merits. And so I like the skeleton of the story. But I think the biggest problem I have with the overall structure is that it has a similar problem that Metroid Other M does. And I'm not saying that it's a Metroid Other M tier story. Not even close. Not even close. But it shares a, same, a similar problem where in Metroid Other M, the game's story um, has more, uh, more interest in shocking reveals than substance. And I felt like a lot of Dread's story was similar in that way. Because, um, so for example, let's just cut right back to like the big final reveals at the end where, um, you know, uh, well, what's his face? Ravenbeak is, was, uh, one of the people that implanted the DNA into Samus. How the hell did that happen? Because the Machin and the Thoha are enemies. And so, so, so uh, I'm just going to read through my notes here because I have a ton of question, questions right here. So first um, if the Thoha tribe can control the Metroids, why did they attack them on SR388? Maybe this will be addressed later, but it feels like a major plot hole. Why did the Thoha tribe on SR388 contact the Machin people? If the Metroids are specifically programmed to terminate Machin DNA, that implies that Thoha has viewed them as just as much, if not more, of a threat than the X-Parasite. Why didn't the Machin grab any Metroids while they were initially on SR388? Because that's the whole plot point, is like, oh... Samus foiled their plans by destroying the Metroids, but they were already on SR388 before Samus was. I don't know. How did Ravenbeak give Samus his DNA if the Thohan Machin tribes were enemies? I know that's a lot of lot of stuff that I just like poured on out of nowhere, but like those were well, a lot of. If if, uh, if I may, I I think that a common misconception I've seen with people is that. Uh, the the Thoha and Machin were always enemies because I I think that Samus Returns and Metroid Dread makes it pretty apparent that they weren't they they were comrades um, at one point and then the situation on SR three eighty eight happened and essentially the Machin turned against the Thoha and I think at that point that's when Quiet Robe is like all right Metroids you're going after the Machin because 
these guys are our enemies now. That that is my interpretation. But by the time, yeah, but by the happened. time they terminated the uh, Thoha tribe, the Metroids were already created. There weren't any more Metroids created after that. At least not by the Chozo. Obviously, you know, there's cloning and stuff, and you know, stuff like that from the Federation and the Space Pirates. But the you know the Machin and the Chozo didn't create any more Metroids after that. Like the Metroids that were created on the SR388 were created at the beginning with that intent, or at least that's what. That's what I got out of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. And this this probably is a criticism of the game for not explaining this. But but in my mind, I was just like, all right, so so the Thoha control the Metroids. They can just, <laughs> if there is a, a 100 Metroids that were 100 years old, they can just say to them like, okay, y'all, now now the Machin are your enemy because they, they are the ones so that control stupid. them. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just explain this. Like, this sounds like such nonsense to me. But continue, I'm sorry. I just, wow. Just what you guys are just, I guess I'll jump in here. I'm going to give the story a two. Um, first off, obviously completely disappointed in the lack of Federation stuff. Uh, completely disappointed in the fact that we got no real Adam in the game when he was one of my favorite characters in Fusion. But even besides that, like, going into, like, with the story we actually got. Uh, 100% agreed. That so much of this game is based on shock and not substance. There are tons of stuff that come up and I'm like, wait, what? Like, okay, fine. It's also rushed. Um, the end of the game is super rushed. They throw a ton of lore on you and then you, uh, boss battle escape end. There's no resolution. Um, the quiet robe scene where Samus meets quiet robe, I thought was so underwhelming. Like I expected way more for Samus seeing a Chozo for the first time in forever. And they're like, Oh, Hey, all right, well, I guess there's a mission. I'm going to go do it. Like it was such a casual conversation and like Samus widened her eyes. I'm like, Oh my God. No, it was, it should have been wait. Like so much of this game told me that Me Mercury steam didn't really like understand the weight of a lot of the stuff that was this was happening or a lot of the stuff that was happening like they, the weight of and significance of samus running into a chozo even if samus didn't know the chozo specifically is still such a monumental moment and i literally felt like eh whatever no big deal um aside from that i think a lot of the story just feels super packed into certain moments and other times it's nothing's happening whatsoever uh what else yeah, just a, a lot of stuff is rushed. And they're just, like even Doom was saying, there's so much stuff that is unexplained in a game that's supposed to end the story and tie up loose ends. And so much stuff doesn't make sense, comes out of nowhere, requires some weird mental gymnastics, gymnastics to make sense, or just sounds like silly and convoluted and it completely takes me out of the game. Um, I was very disappointed with the story. And to be honest, the big reason why I wanted this game was for the story. So, I mean, not going to lie, I've literally only played through Dread once. Since the game has come out, I've played it again in pieces for the, the episode since we've done since then. But the the disappointment the disappointment I've had for the story, which is the big reason why I wanted the game in the first place, has made me not even want to really play the game much. <laughs> like the gameplay is cool and all, but it has no meaning to me now. Like a lot, like I don't know. So I'm gonna give it a two. I wouldn't. I would a one for me would be like the service. Uh, the story literally doesn't work. Like another M. And this like the story works, I guess. But there are so many things that don't make sense or are unexplained for no reason, or happen off-screen, and we have to assume in a game that's a finale of the story where you shouldn't be assuming things, uh, doesn't follow through, or has it doesn't have uh, perfect continuity from the previous games, or even, like, attempted appropriate continuity. Some stuff just doesn't make any sense in the context of the previous games. And also, I think the worst thing is that it doesn't at all make me excited for what's happening next. Like, I literally do not care what's going to happen in the next Metroid, Metroid 6, because I really don't... Number one, my investment in the story was proven to be valueless. And second, the ending doesn't really, I'm like, okay, I guess, like, what, I really, anything could happen, and I have no, like, real desire. Like, I guess whatever happens, happens, I'll see what happens. And when Fusion ended, I, I waited 20 years 
for a sequel to that because I was so into it. And this, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm, I'm ready for Prime 4. So, uh, yeah, this is, gets a 2 from me, and it's probably one of the weakest parts of the game. So, yeah. There's a couple I can't wait points. to talk next week about Metroid 6 ideas. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I want to be there because I'm just going to be like, this is the game. Uh, I'm Metroid not gonna, 6, let's go through the plot of Metroid Dread. I'm not going to lie, I was, I was considering as a joke just proposing the story of Metroid Dread for that episode. I, but... That's what I'm going to do. I, that, the, the story of Metroid 6 should have been what happened in Dread. But I, and, and that's why I don't want the Federation stuff to come up again because it literally wouldn't make any sense. Because then you're telling me, you're telling me that Samus worked with the Federation in, in, in Other M, saw they were sus goes to fusion works with them again they're sus again and then works with them in dread again i'm like no i'm sorry at my i cannot suspend disbelief that much so if they if they end up doing that in the next game i would be like bro i don't even care and that is so dumb uh yeah i'm very disappointed in the story the only literally the only reason i'm not giving it a one is because it is a actual functioning story and it's not other m there's a couple points that you brought up that um that I, I kind of want to go more into detail with because I because I agree with a couple things that you brought up. One, um, I do think the way the story is told is really poorly done. You you're getting you're giving a lot of stuff at the at the at the start, then it's nothing, and then you get a huge lore dump in the middle, then absolutely yep. nothing, and then a huge lore dump at the end, and then the game just rushes you to the finish line and it doesn't give you any time to reflect or think about anything. And I, I agree that was really poorly done. Fusion, I, I know, Andy, you're not a big fan of the way Fusion does its story. But the thing that I like about Fusion is that, you know, it's told you in, it's told you in little bite-sized chunks throughout the course of the game. Even though the whole... I do agree that some of Adam's dialogue in Fusion can get a bit redundant sometimes. And some of the more objective-style gameplay doesn't quite work in a lot of the situations. But the story itself is easier to take in because it's not just super fed to you at one point or two yep. points in the game. Like it's it slowly builds up throughout the course of the game and it feels much more natural. And dread, you know, it doesn't. It's just like big thing gets revealed here. Five hours later, another big thing gets revealed. Or may or maybe thirty minutes later, depending on how fast you're playing the game at that point. But yeah. yeah. So I agree that I think that's a pretty big flaw with Dread's story. And, and then also regarding the pacing too, I think, but yeah. Yeah. And then, and then regarding the Chozo. So there's an really unnecessary retcon in this game that really frustrates me. And I, I in fact, I think it might've even been retconned back in Samus returns as well. I'm, I'm not sure I got to do more research in it, but basically it's this retcon that the galaxy never believed the Chozo were extinct. The game never explicitly says this, but a lot of the promo materials in the dread reports hints that nobody in the galaxy actually thought that the Chozo were extinct. They've just always been like a quiet species that, that you know, kind of kept to themselves. And I think that kind of plays why into Samus doesn't have as big of a reaction as maybe Dak and I wanted because, you know, we're in our Metroid lore, you know, the galaxy did believe that the Chozo became extinct after the pirates invaded Zebus. And so for us, this is, and I feel like that's why we're having like a bigger reaction to the Chosen than Samus is because in this new Metroid timeline, Sam, Samus never actually thought the Chosen were just ex, were extinct. And I don't know, I that's a really unnecessary retcon. It's really dumb. I feel like it just it makes the overall story and the lore worse. Like it makes the Chozo feel significantly less impactful, less special. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just wasn't a fan of that change at all. And again, totally unnecessary. You could tell Dread's story with the galaxy still believing that the Chozo are extinct. 
Or at the very least, gone. Because, like, I think part of it, too, is, like, even if they weren't extinct, 100%, all since I've played Metroid, the general idea is that the Chozo disappeared. For whatever reason, they are no longer prominent or around in the universe. So whether they're extinct or they're so far away and uncontactable that they essentially are extinct. Um, yeah, 100%. Now it's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. They've actually just been around. They just, you know, haven't really been in the story for some reason. I 100% agree. I didn't like that either. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you guys are probably expecting that I'm going to argue with a bunch of your points here, but I'm, I'm not really. Um, I think those are fair criticisms, especially about the Chozo going from extinct to not extinct. Uh, that was a little bit weird. Um, I I didn't have a problem with the Chozo reaction, but I have seen that. And, you know, again, your mileage may, may vary depending on how emotive you wanted Samus to be. One thing that I will say, and it's not... I, I not necessarily defending it but because i do think that you get you know that lore dump in the middle that lore dump in the end but i guess to me like a lore dump is like confusing and hard to keep up with like i watched dune and i've never seen dune right and i was like what the hell is going on because like all the time there were like multiple lore dumps in that movie right and so i was like i, I was just like okay whatever I, I don't get it but this looks cool so great um, I will say that like I was never confused by the story of Metro Dread. I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's go. Perfect. Great. Uh, what it, at times there were some things that I was just like, oh, that makes sense, but it's disappointing and it's not really what I wanted. So I I I can definitely agree with you guys in that regard. But uh, I, I guess that's the only points I'll make about the story before we move on. Yeah, I mean, I I hundred percent agree with what Doom said. Like for what it's worth, like. Even if you don't like how Adam just you know distributes information, the fusion plot's always happening in the game. It's not like like in Dread, literally like it becomes where there's no plot and it's just gameplay, and that's not really for me. I like to have a little meaning behind my gameplay. And there's certain parts of, the, of Dread where just there is no story, no plot happening whatsoever. I'm just waiting for the big next info dump, and that just kind of takes me out of it. Yeah, I guess the final thing, the final thing I'll say in the story, because I, I could say a bunch more, but like we've talked about this topic for long and I can always make a video going more in depth. But I think the final thing that I will say that kind of leads to my disappointment in the story is that unlike Metroid Other M, where I feel like it's a hassle to like rewrite that story to make it work in a way that like actually makes it satisfying. I feel like Dread Story, like the changes that you can make to it, I oh, feel like yeah. are like relatively easy. Like you can easily make this story work and satisfy people like Dak and I who wanted, you know, an answer to those questions lingering at the end of Fusion. I do think that there's ways that you could fix up the story in general to make it more coherent to the overall Metroid Metroid lore and timeline. Just little, like, nips and tucks and ways to trim the fat yeah. and stuff like that. I 100% I agree. Like, it's one thing with Other M where I'm like, okay, it's garbage, it's not salvageable, whatever, I can, like, not think about it. But, like, the fact that this game is so close to having a really good story that hits on all levels but just isn't, and they just, like, either didn't decide to do that or they didn't have an awareness of knowing how to improve it, that kills me. Because, like, so many small changes could have been made to address the Federation stuff, to, you know, keep continuity, and they just didn't do it despite having the assets and elements to tell that kind of story. That's really what hurts because I'm like, oh, they were so close. I waited 20 years and they couldn't like just change this small thing. Like, mm, damn. Like with Other M, I was just like, this whole thing is garbage. This has that potential. And for whatever reason, it just didn't live up to it. I, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree at all, actually. Um, I think that had you at the beginning of the game included a line or two of dialogue that even was just like 
they intercepted the signal on their own or like watch out because the Galactic Federation is also coming here. Um, and, and then you just have the Emmys go story. after Samus. That would have made so much more sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, I, you I know what? There is, there is one more thing I'm going to say. So this game... All right, make it fast because we got to move on. All right, so this game this game teases at the possibility so much that it's the Federation, it's specifically in the marketing. And, like, I, I don't think yeah. it was intentional, but it was like, oh, how convenient. The, the Federation robots that are sent to the planet have gone rogue. Hmm, curious. Huh. Oh, Adam is going crazy at the end of the game. Huh, curious. And then... Every single time, it's like I, I got a little hope, and then it ripped me away. Anyways, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I, I will tell you this. I thought that Adam screwed you for sure at the end of the game, and I was like, okay, cool. I knew this guy was uh, was sus all along. Anyways. I wanted him uh, to betray us. I was so mad. I wanted the real Adam. I liked more. Well, I, I wanted more of the, 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 the grown character we got from the previous game, and he's not even in this game. And I'm like, Oh, that's okay. Adam sucks. Uh, <laughs> let's move on uh, we got we got a lot of ground to cover here gents and we we're still on category number four but the good news is that i think that the next couple categories are going to be fairly positive and, and maybe fairly quick as well um on our on our next category we've got pacing and progression this is a five for me like i was talking about earlier the game always keeps you moving it all like you never to me, at least, like you never feel lost. I know that some people got stuck in the room. Uh, what's that guy's name again that freaked out? David Jaffe. Yeah, the Jaffe room. Uh, so I know it's, it's like a few people got stuck in the Jaffe room, but uh, even that, I feel like I, I felt like I was always like I was never stuck. I always felt like I knew where to go. I felt like the game was kind of pushing me along to the next uh, expansion or power up that I needed. I really like the teleportation devices that kind of took you to the relevant area where the next expansion that you needed was. Um, yeah, I, I think that this game really, like, the, there was never any dead space, I feel like. I, and, I, and I don't say that in dead space as in, like, the story, but dead space as in, like, a lull in not knowing where to go, what to do, um, or just, you know, I, I always felt like my my action, like, I was just, like, a few steps away from the next thing that I needed to do. And I think that this game was, was fairly consistent in, in doing that. So yeah, I'm going to give this one a five. I thought that it was executed very well and, uh, reminded me of, of some of my favorite Metroids of, of yore. I'm going to give it a five as well. The only real criticism I have with the pacing is I feel like the, some of the item orders are a bit wonky. Like there's some items you get like the gravity suit and the wave beam, um, and the power bomb. Well, on, honestly, I don't even think the power bombs needed to be in this game at all. If I'm being honest, um, they felt like pretty tacked on and just in there, just because they're in every other 2D Metroid. But yeah, there's some late game items I feel like should have been collected a little earlier. There's some items you collect back to back, which feel redundant. Most notably, probably the spin booster and the spin boost, and the spade yeah. and the space jump, because you collect those back to back. All three of the missile upgrades, the supers, the um, storms, and the ice missiles, you collect back to back. Um, yeah, so I felt like that was, I feel like you could have spaced those out in different locations and maybe swapped out some other items, but overall, that's a relatively minor nitpick in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Cause overall, I pretty much agree with you. Like the actual traversal on the map design, I think is by far the best 2d in terms of 2d design, maybe even best in terms of the prime series as well. Cause I thought it was super intuitive how, cause like, I agree with you. Like there's so many little map, so many subtle cues 
that will that will guide you into the right di right direction. And then you also have like the bio bioluminescent moths and stuff like that. Little little design cues that will guide you in the right direction. And there's always an elevator or a teleporter that will take you in the right direction if the next item you need to get isn't still in the same area. And yeah, and, and it gives the sense, um, it, get, it still gives you the sense of Metroid um, revisiting, revisiting areas and exploring the area without like literally having no idea where to go. You still feel lost, but you don't feel hopelessly overwhelmed, which is ironic in a game called Metroid Dread, but yeah. Uh... I'm going to go against the grain here. It was a three for me. I just, I did not like the placement of a lot. I mean, a lot of what I agree with what a lot of Doom just said, but they were not really nitpicks for me. They were general gripes that really uh, killed my enjoyment of the game at certain points. As I've said on the show, my biggest one is how late the gravity suit is in this game. Uh, playing in, in underwater without the gravity suit for what seemed like forever just uh, was so unfun and i have no idea why it comes so late in the game and i've been like well you can sequence break it i shouldn't have to sequence break it uh to get it earlier so just been placed properly uh you get like the pulse scan or whatever so late in the game that it becomes useless and the power bombs unnecessary the spin jumps unnecessary stuff like that uh a couple moments in the game where you just get stuck because of things you've done and it creates dead ends which i mean is in previous metroids but i don't think that justifies it i think it's still dumb yeah, I mean, it's a three for me. I think maybe that's just personal bias, but the, the underwater portions without the gravity suit really, really kill the pacing in this game for me, so I have to give it a three. See, I disagree Oof. with... I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I make this quick, because I know you want to go, Good. Andy. But... Disagree with me. Okay, so I actually... So, like, I... Maybe it's just me. I don't feel like you were underwater that often in the game. Maybe maybe that was just me. Maybe, maybe I just happened to find the correct solution to get out of the underwater areas fast, but, like, there's really only two or three major sequences in the game that I can think where you're like underwater for an extended amount of time. And one of those is for a boss battle, which I actually think is pretty fun. The, uh, That's one of my least favorite fight. ones. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call it my favorite, but I thought it was a really creative idea. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just I, my yeah, maybe I, I, just boss I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate what you're saying, Dak. I, I feel like to me, I actually do feel, think that you were underwater a fair bit without the gravity suit, but like that was just another challenge to me, like to overcome. Cause you know, you go underwater without the gravity suit and fusion and super, and it's fairly limited, um, you know, the amount that you actually have to go there. But this one kind of made you go head to head with that. And it kind of reminded me of Metroid Prime 2 in a lot of sense, because you go underwater in that game for like a, a significant portion of the Torvis Bog, and you don't have the uh, the Hydro Jetpack or whatever it is that you get. So it kind of gave me the same idea where like you're fighting enemies, but... I mean, that Dragaiga boss fight is as much fighting the elements as it is fighting Dragaiga, right? So I, I, I like that. But I can, uh, I, I guess I can understand what you're saying about the water. I I would disagree, though, about the, the portions where, like, you, you feel like you're at a dead end. I just, I don't know. I never, I never got that. There are a couple of those moments where I'm just like, okay, this block is now artificially in my way because the game decided it to be. Like, okay, that's annoying. Like, there are a couple of those big blocks that, like, end up creating that and... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just... do. I will say I agree with that. I don't really think that affects the pacing of the game, but I do agree. Like, like for instance, like I don't mind it too much because Super Metroid does the same thing. But I think Dread did it. I think Dread pulled that a little too much for my liking, especially in areas where I wanted to continue exploring for like more items during my hundred percent sweep. For example, like there's a couple. There's a couple examples specifically in Gavron where you'll activate a pathway that will block out another pathway, and you can't 
Um, you can't go back there until the end game and use a power bomb to like blow it up and stuff like that. I think is super annoying. Well, but I mean, to be fair, that's forcing you where you need to go next. So it kind of yeah, but it's on forcing it, me in like a not fun way. <laughs> so. oh, okay, fair enough. Um, let's go on. So I feel like I feel like we can all agree on this next one. If we don't, I'll be six. shocked. Uh, game, is legal? Dak has given it a six. Gameplay and combat. What do you say, Dak? Are we allowed? Is six allowed? Are we going Dave Meltzer on it and going for six? How stars? about how about we uh, we, we give that bonus point and we just throw it a, to a three on the story instead? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, uh, no, I'll give. it Okay, a five. well then you got to max out a five, buddy. I'll I'm give it feel a five. the rage I mean, in Dak's voice there. <laughs> I refuse to do that. No, um, no, the gameplay is. I mean, the best two D Metroid hands down. I had a lot. I mean. Aside from what I've said in terms of pacing and other stuff like that, I mean, the gameplay in this game is so sick. The bosses, the, the flash shift, the slide, like, how they streamlined this game from previous Metroids, but still kept that Metroid feel. It also made you feel like, you really feel like Samus. You really feel like the character that you kind of know she is. She's very strong, very adaptive. And I know you talked about earlier, um, kind of like a feeling of helplessness in this game, but I didn't really feel that. I, I felt more so like... You're a very strong character, but now you're evenly matched, and that made it very satisfying. There were tons of things that were legitimate challenges. I never felt helpless, but I felt challenged, and I absolutely love that about this game. Um, some So many satisfying moments, and especially after you've gotten through an Emmy room a ton of times, and you and you figure it out, and, and you finally take it down. Those are some of the best like Metroid moments, period. Easy five for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Doom, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I, I was going to let you go first since um, I haven't really gone last, so I felt like... Uh, you know what? Unless Here, you, unless uh, you want to wait I'm going to give bit. it a five. <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. And I, I, I basically agree with everything Dak said. I'll just say this. So I was playing Super Metroid last night, right? And I, I get by a Morph Ball tunnel, and I go to press R because I'm just used to being able to have the slide now. Mm-hmm. And dude, not having that slide, I was like, ah. Oh. So, Why yeah, can't Metroid the, the game, slide? I, I never... I never want to go back to not having the slide, not having melee, not having so much of what this game does. Easy five. I don't need to elaborate. Yeah, on the that. free aiming, the like the the evolution yeah. of the melee just makes the game feel so satisfying and fun and constantly on the move, but still strategic and feels natural. I love it. All right, so back at the story, I said that I've beaten the game three times now, and that every time I beat it, I um, the story had less of an effect on my overall grade. And uh, yeah, this is why. Easy five. Um, I think gameplay-wise, this is just straight up the best Metroid game ever. Better than the better than the Prime Trilogy. Oh, better than any that. of the 2D games. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm trying so hard not to swear right now. Oh my gosh. This game is so damn fun to play. Right. I absolutely love it to death. And I and I honestly, I didn't think Mercury Steam had it in them to do this. They absolutely blew away my expectations in the gameplay, especially after Samus Returns, where I had a ton of criticisms in that department. Every single gameplay issue I had with Samus Returns is addressed in this game. And so much new stuff I didn't even know I needed were added, like the slide and the dash. And it all harmoniously works together in the game's exploration and combat loop and it's just oh it's so satisfying i love it yeah isn't it isn't it crazy how something as simple as a slide can just like change the the dynamic of a game yeah it's it's wild this was the one this was the one area i was pretty sure that we were all going to agree on so i'm glad to see that we did i won't agree what what, what makes it work so well or sorry no go on I was going to say, what makes it work so well, though, is how all of the abilities, like, are chained together. It's not like you use one, then you have to wait for a cooldown and wait for the other, with the exception of the flash shift. 
everything like it works together. You can you can use your counter while you're sliding or while you're jumping or while you're running or while you're standing still. Um, you can charge up a speed booster, then you can flash shift and slide into a corner and then you shine spark and then wall jump from that shine spark. And like everything chains together. And when you like learn how the how all of your moves play um, into each other, it creates so much fun tech and all that. Like the speed, honestly, the speed booster alone, like I feel like you could give that its own uh, def- category on definitive ranking for this game specifically. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. The sp- oh my we'll god! There. I lo- actually, actually, Doom, you might, you might as well just lead us off on our next category here: items and abilities. Talking about the speed booster. What, what say you for that? Oh my god, five, dude! The speed boost. This is the best speed booster ever. <laughs> like I didn't like after Metroid Zero Mission. I didn't think that we could be eaten any better than that. But nah, dude. Mercury Steam just went and like nah. We're gonna create the best speed booster ever. We're gonna make this. Like oh my gosh, this stuff you can this stuff you can do with the speed booster alone in this in this game. Just being able to transition in and out of morph ball while speed boosting, wall jumping while speed boosting. Like the stuff that you can use to keep your momentum. And that's and I feel like it gives me the same feeling that Doom Eternal does. And that Doom Eternal is a a game about combat based momentum, um, and and traversing around the environment. It's all and I love momentum based games. And Dread I feel like since Zero Mission or Super you know, is like the most momentum-based game and how it applies in the exploration and the combat. And pretty much, I'm, ju- I'm just going to... Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I-, I love it. I love it. Easy five. Dak, what, what say you? Items and abilities. Uh, this is going to be an uneasy five for me because I do have a couple of nitpicks. I think there are some items and abilities that are essentially useless and... I was pretty let down that we didn't get any like cool new suits except at the end of the game and then it's quickly taken away from us. But uh, stuff like the flash shift and the slide, the speed booster, I mean all of that like completely outweigh that. Like the flash shift alone is like my favorite Metroid ability I think right now. Like give me an air dash, I'm in. Uh, that just makes the game so much more fun and and creative. The things you can do and just continually be moving, you know, keeping that momentum, keeping, you know, that inertia and constantly repositioning yourself. I love it. Like, yeah, I could easily I I almost want to make it a four because I was let down by some abilities and items and I wanted better suits and I wanted some a little more creativity in some areas. But I have to give it a five because my favorite things that were introduced in this game are just so, so fun to use and play with that it's it's hard to think of anything else. So I'm going to give it a five as well. The only you know what's real... funny? The I'm only... sorry, I, I keep cutting you off, Doom. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all good. I was going to say, I'll make it quick. The only real nitpick I have regarding the items is that the cross bombs aren't used that much, which is a shame because I think that's a genuinely really cool item. And we haven't really had anything like that before. And... You, not only do you collect it late game, but then after that, it almost never gets used outside of, like, a couple puzzles that you're only going to do if you're going for 100%. But, yeah, other than that, yeah, I love the um, item selection in this game. Dak, how did you describe that in Uneasy 5? An Uneasy 5 because I, I do have problems with it. To That right. w- would make me want to give it a 4 if not for the flash shift. <laughs> I, I think that... Almost verbatim, I would have said the same thing. Mine is a five, but it was almost a four. That's why I wanted you guys to go first. Um, But because I I do think that there are a couple items that are like the spin boost is just kind of a bum item. Kind of like it's just like a a wet towel. You know, it didn't need to be there. Um, I think that 
I, I love the concept of the cross bombs, and I think that's super useful, like, for both getting across dissolvable blocks and just, just so you don't have to, like, bomb, move forward, bomb, move forward, bomb, move forward. So I, I thought that the cross bomb was great, but, it, yeah, it wasn't utilized super, super well, or maybe it could have been acquired earlier in the game. Um, and there wasn't, yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't a new suit, which I was hoping that there might be, and uh, there wasn't... Like, yes, there was the flash shift and, and the cross bombs were new, but there there weren't, like, a lot of new abilities. But I think that I am going to give it a five because the abilities that were there, they weren't new, but I think that they were the best versions of themselves that, that they've ever been. Like, the speed boost is, is clearly the best version of the speed boost that, we, that we've ever had. Um, the the ice missiles, I thought, were great. The, the storm missile, we've mm-hmm. seen that in Metroid Prime 3 before, but, like, or even Metro Prime 2, but, like, this thing was awesome. Other like, M as especially well. Especially for fighting bosses. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, one. true. <laughs> uh, well, I, we, you had the... Actually, the Diffusion Beam is another one that I would kind of put as a... kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, but then they have the Omega game. Cannon, and they don't keep the continuity from Hunters, which also makes me mad, because now there's another Omega Cannon for some reason. Like, that stuff like that. Yeah, like, I, I, oh, I'll be honest, four. I don't care. We've had, like, we've had no, like three different hyper I care. Now, so. I care. <laughs> I care. Why do they have to keep continuity from that trash other M when they can keep the continuity from an amazing, amazing game, Hunters? That That's a problem. Oh, I have a problem boy. I have. I mean, we have, like, three different uh, hyper The Omega Cannon Omega is Omega actually Cannon sick, now. by the way. It is sick, but, like, they could have called it something else. Like, it didn't have to be called... The, that tells me that they don't have the care that I would have. Anyway. Well, yeah, nobody nobody wants to play hunters. Come on, you know, only everybody cool kids want to play hunters, you know, and that's why it was one of the best-selling Metro games, and why it was so much fun, and why Prime Four is not multiplayer, and why I love it so much. Well, there we go. Um, that, those are a lot of reasons to play hunters. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, and, and not an easy five for me. I yeah. I felt very strongly about my five for the pacing and progression for the gameplay. Uh, for some other categories that we have yet to get to. But this one, I, w- I was going back and forth on. But I-, I think that you guys sold me. I mean, really, the speed boost alone, like we were talking about last week, is is almost enough to bump this up to a 5 on its own. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm with that. Okay, let's let's move on here. Let's go to the areas of this game. And, and this is different, I feel like, from the world and atmosphere. That's kind of the whole package. But when we look at the areas, I kind of like to analyze, like, the the individual areas almost like we do in mapping metroid and like you know everything that they offer everything that you can do in those areas um and i think that the areas of this game are really strong i think i think i'm not gonna go five but i am gonna go four um and i and i think that i i I don't think you like this deck but i do like that they're a little bit more themed like um gavarin is like the forest uh dairon is this dark creepy factory you know uh Cataris is is the fire place. Uh, Artaria is the is the rock place. I, I kind of like that they have a little bit of an identity that way. While like Doom said earlier, they're not like like it's not all that. Like there are water areas in Gavarin, or there are some some factory ish areas in Berenia. Um, I think that the I can never remember what the place where the X is called. Is it Elon? I think it's. Oh, what you it's can't called. remember the name of an area? I'm shocked. Well, you <laughs> know, give it Elon, time. Yeah, I think give I it think. time. Elon, that Elon. area was wicked. That that, like that place is awesome. Yeah, uh, Ferenia, I think, is a really, really strong area, just with the amount of like Chozo esque items that you can see, and you know all of the the small little details in there. Um, so I, I think that a lot of the 
the areas are really strong. I I don't know I don't know what's holding it back from a five for me. Maybe just that they could have had a little bit more personality with them, and maybe that goes back into the story of the game. But like, for example, in the Metro Dread reports, we we kind of learned that you know the the Chozo used Kataris as a as a thermal reactor to heat up the planet or blah blah blah, and you learn that in the Dread reports, but you don't necessarily learn that in the actual game itself. So maybe that's what's keeping it back. Maybe. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it later, but maybe the music not really, you know, I think that the music in Super Metroid takes those areas to an even higher level. And I, and I don't think that necessarily that's the case in these ones. I think it's functional, but it doesn't necessarily elevate it. So I'm not going to give him a five, but I am going to give him a four. Dak, what say you? No, I, I agree. I, I'm a four as well. I think the thing about the areas in this game is that they are video game areas. Like you said, you got your fire area, your water area, and sure, like, there is stuff mixed around, but it's, like, the general, generic, like, themed areas you expect from a video game, and I just wish there was more creativity. Like, some of the best areas of the game, I guess, are, like, in my opinion, the, the Chozo areas, and those aren't even, like, extremely creative, but at least they were a little different. I just... I went like, okay, I've been through this fire area, like, I've done this a billion times in a billion games. I just wish there was a bit more creativity. One of my favorite things about the Prime games is that, like, Metroid Prime itself is really good, so, like, I, I at least back then, like, that was in 2001 or, two, you know, early 2000s, so, like, I'm okay with, back then, going with, like, the pretty video gamey ice area, fire area, water area, but it's been 20 years, like, I think we can... I play so many games now where, like, they get so creative with the different locations you get into, and then I get into this game, and it's, like, the same stuff I, I kind of expect, and I, so, I don't know, it didn't wow me, like, so the gameplay did, so that's why I have to give it a four. Also, the names suck. Naming convention knocks it down a bag. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. So bad. Oh, my that. God. It's horrible, the naming in this game. Even, like, when Doom, we were talking about, oh, do you remember this enemy? No, I don't, because it has some random <laughs> name that doesn't oh, at all man. correspond to what it is. Therefore, I'm not going to remember this random made-up name, no. So, yeah. Listen to this guy. He, he expects us to remember the name of the Omega Cannon and not... Whatever so, enemy dude, Doom that, was talking about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, the Omega Cannon is, is a distinct name. Which had continuity, but I digress. They yeah. should they should have called it the Omega Metroid Cannon. That would have been awesome. That would have been better. Or they could have called yeah, it the Emmy Cannon or something. <laughs> the robot uh, Doom, cannon. bring us home. Actually, actually unironically, Emmy Cannon, I think, would have made a lot more sense for that. But anyways, yeah, so I digress. Yeah. I digress. Um, yeah, naming conventions aside, yeah, I'm probably going to give it a four as well. I pretty much agree with all your points. I don't have much to add. I guess... I guess one thing I will say is I feel like we've all been spoiled on the art direction of the Prime Trilogy just because... I mean, that art direction in that whole trilogy is just, like, such, like, it is Perfect. on a whole other level compared to, like, most other games we even see today, let alone uh, let alone Metroid games. You know, especially, like, some of the stuff in Prime 2 with, like, Sanctuary Fortress and just, like, all the crazy creativity that they did. Skytown in Prime 3, like, and, like, as much, as, as beautiful as this game is, you know, we've talked about, about the art direction, the none of the areas ever feel like they're in as quite much of a lived-in place as those are in the Prime Trilogy. Despite the fact that there's, I would say, less NPCs, with the exception of maybe Metroid Prime 3. All I got to say. Fair enough. Alright. Well, um, let, us, uh, let us move on to our next category. We got... Enemies and bosses. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Five. Enemies and bosses. <laughs> five. Um, I think 
uh, overall, all the enemy... I mean, this game very obviously um, improves upon one of Samus Returns' major issues, which was the lack of enemy diversity. I think there were a couple times in this game where like, it felt like every room I was walking into had a different kind of enemy, and I was absolutely loving that. Even like some of the smaller enemies are still pretty cool, even if I can't remember their names. And obviously the bosses are overall really well done, really well designed. Some, I mean, even in the case of like ex the experiment boss uh, and like Raven Beak, very creative and imaginative. And like uh, boss battles I've never seen in a Metroid game. Uh, really well done. I love how the game then gives you variations with the, you know, the X-Clones. That was very, you know, perfect way to integrate them in and give you even more enemy diversity. There's a lot of really cool gameplay encounters involving the bosses and enemies that, you know, test you and, and force you to really use your abilities to the best of your ability. Uh, yeah, overall, another five for me very easily. Yep. Easy five on my end as well. Um, yeah, I think this, these are some of the best bosses we've ever gotten in a Metroid game. I think I think Metroid Prime 2 is like the one game that I think might rival this in terms of bosses. Raven Beak is in my is somewhere in my top five, I think. Absolutely incredible final boss. Um, I mean, you you already did a whole boss episode, so I won't go too much in depth. But yeah, Raven Beak, uh, Experiment, uh, even even Corpius. I think I don't know. I I think Corpius is a really really fun boss as well. He's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These bosses again, like. I talked a little bit about the combat loop in this game, and I think that applies even more so during the bosses, not just the general combat. And yeah, it's fun, it's cinematic, um, it has puzzle elements too, it just incorporates everything together in each fight. Um, it's overall, it's just really engaging. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. Like, this is an easy five. We talked about it last week with the bosses. The worst boss in this game is still like pretty fun. The best boss in this game is on a whole other level from anything, I think, that we've probably seen in any Metroid game. So, uh, putting that aside, yeah, the enemies in this game, like, there's so many cool enemies and variations of, of different creatures that you can fight on ZDR, which, which also really helps kind of feed into the world and atmosphere. It feels very populated with, with like, wildlife and, and just, you know, creatures living on this planet. So, yeah, this is... An easy, easy five. Uh, one one that I don't even think that we need to uh, spend a whole lot of time talking about. So, yeah, there we go. Let's move on to our next category. This is one that I, I know that you don't really spend a whole lot of time uh, diving into all the extras and stuff like that, Dak. So I kind of want you to kick us off here with uh, collectibles, extras, missile expansions, all that good stuff. What did you think? Um, I mean, this is one of the things, yeah... I that isn't a huge thing for me. I don't always like, I mean, I haven't even a hundred percent of this game yet. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, I'm pretty in the middle for this. I guess I'll give it a three. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, does this game even have like different end screens you can get? I don't even know. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say a three. I, the game didn't really make me want to go out of my way to get expansions and stuff. I didn't go out of my way to get anything except what I got to finish the game. Uh, I, I feel like you usually don't, though, right? No, I usually like don't. In, in I'm not, any Metroid game, yeah. I mean, I have 100% of some Metroid games, but it's not something I feel like I need to do, and it's usually just because I have played the game a lot, so eventually I do it. Like, I'm sure I'll eventually 100% dread. I just It's only been a month. Like, I don't think I've ever 100% in a Metroid game within a month of playing it, so that's just really me. I don't really have a big opinion on it, so I'm just going to give it a three. Oh, man. 
Uh, Doom, I know that you've 100 percent of this game. What say you? Yeah, my first playthrough, I actually um I wanted to get 100 percent on it, but yeah, uh, easy five for again the speed booster puzzles alone, best in the whole series, yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, that aside though, there's also some really. I, the, the game really has a lot of creative puzzles that really stumped me for a bit, and then when I finally figured out the solution, like, it felt really good. It was a really nice aha moment. There's one in particular, and uh, I know, uh, Andy, you're you're going to know the one I'm talking about. The one in um, the lower third of uh, Daron, uh, after you collect the wave beam, there's a wave beam door that has a one-way exit, and I was trying to figure out how to enter the area, because you're, you're in a small tube, and then there's an area below you but there, oh, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no destroyable blocks to get into the area, and so I was looking all over the map using my scan pulse, you know, trying to find the entrance to the area, and I just, for the life of me, could not figure how to get in, until finally I realized, wait a minute, that's a wave beam block. I have a wave beam. I can just shoot through the tube, and open the door from inside the tube, and that like blew me away. Like it such was a so simple, simple and just ugh, yeah. Yeah, such as yep. it's, it's such I, a simple yeah. puzzle, but like the when you solve it, it was just like, oh my gosh! Like I feel like uh, I feel like I have Galaxy Brain IQ now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm like the opposite of Dak. I, I play a Metroid game and like I'm not leaving until I hundred percent it. My first, like I, I didn't go fight Ravenbeak until I had hundred percent of the items in Metroid Dread. Um, yeah, this is this is an easy five, and this this would be like my break the Meltzer scale. Uh, category right here because this could be a six like based on the shine spark puzzles alone every area so we we talk about metroid zero mission as like having some really crazy shine spark puzzles and actually we don't talk about metroid fusion that much but that game has some awesome ones too every single area has at least one absolutely bonkers shine spark puzzle and most have a couple and it's so satisfying to to pull these off and like this kind of feeds back into how the shines like the speed boost and stuff work in this game. And now you can jump and now you can slide, but dude, the, the amount of, of crazy, like, I mean, the one, as soon as you get into Ferenia where you shine spark slide bomb, and then go straight up as, as a ball is just like the most insane puzzle or, or the one in Berenia at the bottom where like you have to shine spark in midair slide, drop shine spark. Emit, like it's crazy. Um, and there are, there are a bunch of other cool expansions as well that require you to use other abilities like the the wave beam like Doom was talking about or like the storm missiles. There's so many just like really awesome ways that this game utilizes your abilities in order to like go for 100% completion. Um, in terms of like extras, yeah, there are a bunch of different ending screens and, and I really, really liked how there was a section of the ending that was based on item percentage. So, you know, if you're like me and your first playthrough, you're just like, you're wanting to get everything. You're obviously not going to get the best time when you're doing that. Um, and I've always been a fan of item percentage endings in Metroid. So there is a section like that, but there is also a section that is based on time. And there is also a section based on both of those for a higher difficulty. So I, I really like that. I thought it was really encouraging to me to like go and replay this game immediately after i had finished it i mean i was probably going to replay it anyways but now i was just like oh okay now i have a reason to replay it because i want to unlock this ending screen and i want to unlock uh this ending screen and whatever so the the amount of it the amount of expansions uh is is off the charts the amount of extras is awesome and i think that this game does uh does a really good job of kind of like 
I don't know, pacing out the expansions as well. Like, like I, I felt like I had enough when I went to go fight. If I would have went to fight Ravenbeak before I decided to 100% the game, I felt like I could have taken him on. Um, I did the game in under four hours. And like when I got to Ravenbeak, I felt like I was still powerful enough to get to him. The only critique that I have would be about the game's map. And that would be that uh, if you're missing like one missile, there's no legend on the side where you can just highlight that one missile and it shows you where on the map it is. You know what I'm talking about, Doom? When you have to go and like actually find the expansion on the map, that's kind of a pain in the ass. I will say that. But that's a very, very minor critique. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, go, I'll, go, off, I'll go off on the map as well because I do think the map can be a little overly cluttered, especially on your first playthrough. I do like, too. When you haven't, you know, memorized all the locations and what everything necessarily means. I, th I think something that would have helped tremendously is a feature to mute all of the expansions that you and items that you'd already collected. Something as simple as that, I feel like, would have decluttered the map significantly and would have made that first 100% playthrough significantly easier. But even so, like, I, I think it's easily, like, nowhere near one of the hardest games to 100% at the same time. So it's a very minor nitpick. And, th and then again, I also think power bombs are pointless. So going back to the power bomb expansions, especially when I already picked up four that didn't do anything, it was just like, okay... Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I, I think that the map is probably... There's too much going on for its own good. Um, but, like, which is which is a critique, but, I mean, also, you can look at the map and you can say, like, all right, you need to... This is a... Just a regular dissolvable block, or, like, this is just a block that you can blow up with regular bombs. Or, and I and I do appreciate that, but oh, yeah, it is I love, a little bit cluttered. Yeah, I love the fact that blocks are permanently marked now instead of just when you leave... They um, revert back to normal when you leave the room, like in previous games. Like that's, I didn't even think of that as like a quality of life feature that I needed, but it actually it makes the progression like so much more streamlined. Well, there we go. Uh, some more high grades for Metroid Dread. We got one category left, and uh, uh, oof, I'm not sure how we're gonna do in this category. Who wants to go first? Talking about music and sound design. Uh, not me. Um, I guess right. I'll do it. I, I mean, I did I'll, just. I'll, I mean, I did just release okay. a rip of the soundtrack yesterday. So, all right. You know, what? I, I probably am most curious to hear what you think, Doom. I, I feel like I I am anticipating something, but maybe I'll get, maybe I'll be surprised. I, I I don't I don't think you'll be surprised. I'm gonna give the music a two. I was really disappointed with the direction the music was taken in this game, and there there's a few different things going on. Like it, like I'm I don't think I have the full. I don't think I've been able to wrap my full thoughts around, but there's just a few little trends in the music that I that I noticed. The, the first one that I'll get out of the way is, my God, Kenji Yamamoto, please just be the lead composer again. Like, I, I miss you, my man. I miss you. Like, he does a couple tracks in this game. Um, much like in Samus Returns, his role um, is to do the, um, the classical arrangements of previous themes. So he does the title theme, the theme of Samus, the Brinstar Red theme. Um, he, I think he might have done the item collection and the spawn themes. I'm not too sure on that, though. But yeah, otherwise, um, we, we, we got two new guys up there, and I mean, you know, no offense to them. I'm sure they're fantastic composers, but I feel like Kenji Yamamoto just understands the Metroid formula to a degree that's just unrivaled by anyone. And, you know, d I talked about this with Dak on our Metroid music episode, but for me, the core fundamental philosophy is um, Hirokazu Tanaka's philosophy, the original Metroid 1 composer, where he basically said that he wanted 
the music and the environment to feel like one cohesive living breathing creature i'm paraphrasing what he said and i feel like nobody has really fulfilled that vision quite like kenji yamamoto especially with his work on the prime trilogy where i feel like that music really melded the diegetic and non-diegetic worlds of the game together and there are some areas where the new composers actually successfully do that so i do want to i do want to uh, give some praise to that specifically uh, the Emmy zones, all three, all three of the themes that play in those zones. I feel like that to me is like the essence of Metroid. That is, those are Metroid tracks, especially, especially for me, because while I was ripping the soundtracks, those little, those little beep, 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 beep. I thought that was part of the music. No, those are actually the Emmys making the noise, not the music making the noise. So that like blew me away. That's like, that's like the perfect representation of Metroid music where I can't tell what's music and what's reality that. And so I love, I love that. But then there's other tracks that either don't fit the environment all or I just actively dislike. So like, for example, like, I'm li so I was listening to the Ravenbeak theme and I was thinking to myself, like, my God, if I was playing like Ocarina of Time right now and this was a Ganondorf theme, like I'd be losing my mind. Like this would be amazing, but this just doesn't feel like a Metroid track. And I think part of that has to do with the instruments that are used. This game utilizes a lot of orchestral instruments but they're not but they're also like really cheap orchestral instruments they're they're they don't sound they don't sound real or authentic for lack of a better word they, they sound like something you expect off like in a late 90s or early 2000s game and it just didn't mesh with the environment that the game was presenting to me and so overall i think that's where my biggest criticisms of the game so far um there are there are some tracks that i really enjoy i like the main arteria theme i think it's a bit short but for what it is mm -hmm. i really enjoy that um i like the um i like the corpius boss battle theme. it's honestly probably the only boss thing that really stood out to me um and uh and then i i think the brinstar red arrangement i think that might be the best version of brinstar red we've ever gotten but i mean again kenji yamamoto the absolute goat other than that um oh yeah and then the um the arteria hot area theme uh, that might be my favorite track in the game. I really like that. But otherwise, I'll be honest, nothing really stands out to me, if I'm being completely honest. Dak, what say you? Uh, the music has a one for me in this game. Uh, probably the absolute weakest part of the game. Like, I mean, I have gripes with the story, but man, I mean, the soundtrack of this game is just so bad. There, I've never played a Metro game that in a certain area has made me want to stop playing or leave the area so badly. And other than this game, even other M had good music. Even Federation force has some like music that doesn't make me want to stop playing the game. I want to stop playing the game for other reasons, but like there was one particular theme in this game. I think it's like one of the Diron themes or the main theme that like literally I, I, it has go away heat for me. I mean, this soundtrack is so weak doesn't have any standout tracks whatsoever in fact a lot of the tracks have way too much noise and random it's like someone like I, I think i said this on one of the previous episodes where like it sounds like someone just has like a big soundboard of random effects and they're just mashing them at times and just oh this sounds cool like they're just putting random stuff in there it doesn't make yeah, any I sense agree. doesn't sound good it's so overpacked with sound i'm just it's like it's so much i had I, there was actually a time i was playing the game where i muted it because it was just way too much and and not well done at all. I absolutely do. Like the, I can accept the story not being perfect. 
even though that's a big reason why I wanted the game, but like a Metroid game needs to have a killer soundtrack. That's a part of the Metroid experience. And this game, it does not have it. I don't know what they were doing. So many of these themes are so like they blend together. They don't stand out. They don't have any cool like riffs or motifs at all. I can't barely think of any standout tracks at all, except the one that I actually hated. So uh, an easy one for me. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to disagree necessarily. I, I think that the, I think we could all probably agree that the music was, was underwhelming, probably the weak point of the game. I'm going to give it a three because I, I do like some of the tracks here. I like the Ravenbeak theme. I like the Emmy theme. I like the Arteria theme and the Ferenia theme. Um, I, I think that those are really strong. I, I think that this game could have used a remix in, in an area. You know what I mean? Like, Let's say that if you were in Berenia and there was like a, a remix of the Meridia theme from Super Metroid, I, I think that would have helped. Or if there was a remix of just something, I, I think that that would have helped. Because I think that this game, when they did use remixes, like the the Red Brinstar track is great. That's that's probably my favorite theme of the entirety of Metroid. But I was like, oh man, like I, I don't need this remix in another Metroid game. Like this was in Samus Returns. This was in Metroid Prime 2. Obviously, it was in Super Metroid. Let's use something else. Um, and so I, I didn't think that that cutscene necessarily needed it. I, I did think that the remix of Samus's theme was awesome. Like, that was a wicked, like, intro uh, sound that they used. But, yeah, I, I think that if you would have had, like, something that, that people were a little bit more familiar with, that would have helped. Because I, I think that the music sounds forgettable because a lot of it uh, like a lot of it is new but also a lot none of it really like i was saying earlier elevates the areas either so i i think that even on a subconscious level going back to my meridia example like if there would have been a meridia music we already kind of associate that with water and that would have been playing in berenia even subconsciously be like oh cool this makes sense like this is the water like you know what i mean whereas yeah i i think that the music here i don't think it's i don't think it's bad um, but I don't think that it's memorable, which maybe does make it bad. I don't know. I think it makes it I bad. I think that it sounds fine when you're listening to it. And I think that well, I've listened to the soundtrack at work. And I think that it sounds fine when you're listening to it there as well, like on its own. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to certainly rank it among the strongest in the Metroid series. I, I think that I think that music was a weak spot in Samus Returns too. And, and I think I would say that the, the music in this game probably is better than that game. Because in that game, there is just like a ton of ambiance and, and noises and bloops and bleeps. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it's better than in that game, but uh, not maybe not much better. I will say that the actual sound design of this game is is great. Like the, the beam sounds awesome. The movement sounds awesome. The fights sound awesome. Environment sounds awesome for the most part, especially the Emmy zones. Uh, so that that's another reason why I'm going a little bit higher. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that this is going to be breaking ground to anybody here that uh you know that that we're kind of ranking the music as the weak part of, of metro dread i think that that's been pretty consistent around the board yeah i um i disagree with you on the samus returns critique not necessarily because i think the problem with samus returns because i think you're on to something but where i disagree is that i think samus returns has a significantly better soundtrack the problem is that is that all the best music in that game is barely played. Most of most of the music that you're going to hear in that game is kind of generic generic ambience, which can get tiring after a while. And like, you know, all of like 
the memorable original themes and, you know, the classical themes, you know, like, like the theme of SR388, that's like one of the most common themes you hear in Metroid 2, but they turn that whole area into basically like the training area in Samus Returns, and so you barely get to hear that incredible new arrangement in that game. Um, the Chozo Laboratory theme, which I think, I think is your favorite theme in Samus Returns, if, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that area is like so small compared to most of the other areas in the game, and so you barely get to hear that before you're moved on to whatever the next area is after that. I think it's the Queen's Lair after that. But the actual the actual music itself, I think, is significantly stronger than what's offered in Dread. But, yeah, one and then one final thing I'll go on, because I, I do want to bring this up, but I've seen a lot of people online that are basically putting out this um, sort of criticism that, like, oh, the only reason why people don't like Dread soundtrack is because it doesn't nostalgia bait them. And I vehemently disagree with that. Um, I, I do agree that the game could have used a couple more classical arrangements, but the fact is most Metroid games don't have that many. I think the reason why... I feel like the reason why this critique is going around is because the last game we got was Samus Returns, which is a remake of Metroid 2. So naturally, not only do you have those classic Metroid 2 pieces, but also you have a, you know a ton of classical arrangements from other games as well, which leads into that game soundtrack being heavily buffed by those by those uh, nostalgia well, even, pieces. even then like i i thought that it was super obnoxious in samus returns every time you walk into the fire room no matter what music oh is yeah playing, i agree yeah all of a sudden it's like dun, dun. i was like oh my god come on and i, I love that song agree. the, love the that actual too. the actual piece itself i thought is really well done but yeah the way it was implemented i thought really took yeah. away from like you know the power that it has it was overused much like a lot of that game's ambience but anyways I digress, but yeah, my my critique of the game is solely based on those original pieces. I'm not even factoring in like, you know, you know the ratio of classic to original compositions. Cause like, and and I bring this up every time. At one point when we were playing Metroid, those classic nostalgia bait pieces were the brand new pieces for us. Like Fendrana Drifts was a brand new piece at one time. The reason why it's nostalgia bait now is because it impacted us so hard, because that track did what it was supposed to do. The reason why stuff like Brinstar Red and Surface of SR388 and a million other Metroid tunes that I could list off right now, the reason why those are so nostalgia baity is because they were so good, because they were so impactful. Metroid Dread, I can't think of, even the tracks that I do like, I can't think of a single track in Metroid Dread that has anywhere near the impact of some of those other pieces of music. But anyways, that's all I'm going to say on this. I feel like I've made as much of a case as I can make at this point. There you go. Um, all right, so I've been keeping track of my scores here to divide by 10 and give me an overall score. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track of yours, but without I have not. further ado, I have, looking at all of mine, I have a 4.6 out of five so that is uh easily the highest game that we've done so far we've only done for four you. games on our definitive ranking for you but yeah that's the highest one for me so yeah, far for I, sure. I, I guess i'd have to go back and score it myself but definitely not a four point no you, you were given fives to metroid fusion like a drunken sailor because it deserves it metroid fusion is way better than this game so oh, listen to you all right keep talking while i will i i, I, I guess <laughs> get we'll your scores to, ready yeah i was gonna say um I'm trying to remember all of my scores. Hopefully you remember them. But yeah, I mean, overall, I, this is this game for me is like, it's so good 
in many areas, but not as great in others. So it's not it's not like a full package game for me, which I feel like my favorite Metroid games are full package. They have great worlds and, and stories and characters and abilities and, and music and gameplay. And this game has like really high highs and like the gameplay and stuff like that, but really low lows for me and like the story and music. So it's like eh, I can't I definitely can't say it's my favorite Metroid game easily. Um or even my favorite 2D Metroid, even if I do agree that the the gameplay is the best out of all the 2D Metroids, it's just not the best full package for me. So yeah, I, I, I definitely would say like the Prime games are, are higher, Fusion is higher, but that's also my bias showing through clearly. Uh, I mean, the, the Metroid Prime gameplay well, will of always... Course. Metroid Prime will always have the best gameplay for me and still does. And, you know, some parts just it didn't don't make me... Like, I'm not... Like, I wish I loved this game. Uh, but I don't, unfortunately. I, I really like it. I think it's very good, but I don't love it. And I wanted to love it. So that's how I, that's where I'm standing. All right, here we go. And then we're going to get out of here because we're going super long here. So Andy Spiteri has got a 4.6 out of 5 based on the rankings and then dividing by 10. Duminal Crossing has a 4.4. And Dakota Lasky, old grumpy pants over there. He's got a 3.8. Still a pretty good 3.8, score. 3.8, yeah. That, yep, I'm, I'm yeah. agree with 3.8. Yeah, so I think that that is uh, pretty fair, and uh, I think that we, I think that we were fair with our critiques. I think that we loved what we loved. You know, I, I don't think that uh, we were unfair on any particular category. The music deserved criticism, and the story deserved criticism as well, and, and it got it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with our with our overall ranking here, fellas. Yeah, I agree. Same. I'm glad we finally got to talk about it. I've been itching to talk about this game with y'all for so long now. Well, yeah, we're glad that like... you could join us, Doom, for uh, for this episode. Uh, our man is in, his, is in his car right now, recording with us, so we better get out of here. Yeah, I'll post a picture guys. of my setup on uh, on the Discord <laughs> in just a second. Yeah, that that's commitment uh, right there. So, uh, that being said, thank you guys for listening. We want to know, of course, what you think about uh, our definitive Metroid Dread rankings. Go make your own rankings. I'd love to see what some of the guys in our Discord think. Guys like uh, Chris06 or Kiwi or... Uh, Big Griff, any of you guys, all of you guys, I want to know what you think. Show us your list. Um, but in the meantime, we are going to get out of here. Of course, check us out on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod, at Spateri316, at Dak City underscore, and at Duminal Cross. And of course, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. Recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life. We're going to be back next week. We're going to drag Dak kicking and screaming to suggest what we would like to see in Metroid 6. Until then, everybody, take care.